welcome to First Church on this winter morning. Uh, for those that are listening on the radio, we do have some people here. We're not just by ourselves, so we do have some people that wandered out and wanted to worship the Lord here. But uh, we are expecting to have a large audience listening on the radio. As it's also obviously a challenge to get out and get to worship. Uh, to those listening on the radio, glad you're able to be a part of our service this morning. And uh, hope you're able to learn a few things on your walk to become more like Christ and find some inspiration. A few announcements to share with you this morning. Um, the annual meeting to elect officers, hear reports from the trustees, the treasurer, and the committees to approve the proposed 2019 budget will be next week, Sunday, after the service. Uh, there will be no breakfast this year. Uh, we'll be meeting here in the sanctuary. Child care will be available during the meeting in the ministry center. Sunday school for the kids will not be held next week during the annual meeting, uh, but there is uh, some students of that age that if they want to, they can go over into the ministry center. Sunday school will resume on uh, in two weeks on February 3rd. The annual report and the pastor's reports are available at the entrance and at the info table back in the custodian's office. And on the front pews, they contain all the information we will be discussing and voting on next week. The new Bible study, Jesus Among Secular Gods, starts in two weeks, February 3rd. So there's one week delay in that as well with our winter weather we're having here this weekend. If you didn't sign up for a book, that is okay. Just show up uh, here in two weeks and be glad to order more books. There's a wonderful Wednesday meeting on Monday, January 28th in the Ministry Center. For those that are wanting to uh, be a part of that. And with that, if you would rise and please join me in the call to worship. The call to worship is taken from Psalm 23, a very familiar verse to all of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And now we'll have our opening hymn, number 60, Morning Has Broken.
Next we'll have children chat. And while they're coming forward, he is coming forward maybe, uh, please greet your neighbor. All right. Well, this morning I have a children's chat alumni up here to help me this morning. He's a little old, but he willing, he gladly came forward because um, I kind of made a nice visual to go with my children's chat today, and I actually needed an extra person. So um, as we go through the uh, Ten Commandments, we're at the Fourth Commandment today, which is talking about rest. Now, originally my goal was to have the kids run in place for a little bit and get them tired, and then we could be tired and need to take a rest, okay, and talk, and um, rest is what we do when we get tired from whatever activity we might be doing, whether that's athletics, whether that's a hard day on the job, whether that is moving snow like we're doing here lately, Um, but rest, but God talks about rest numerous places in the Bible, and and one of those is whenever um, the creation story came up. And so, you know, on day one, God made day and night, and day two was the sky and the water, day three was the plants with the seeds to create more plants, Uh, day four was the sun and the moon, day five was the birds and the fish, day six was the animals and the man to take care of them, and then what did he do on the seventh day? He rested, okay? Now, we look at our calendar, and I don't know who made the first calendar, but our week always starts with Sunday. But if we think about it, really, our our days of the week should start with Monday and go through Sunday, because what do we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? We work. We go to work. We go to school. We do whatever needs to be done. Saturday is a work day at home usually. And what do we do? What are we supposed to do on day seven? Rest. We're supposed to rest. Okay. And a long time ago, that really was what was intended to be done was to rest. Stores weren't open. You visited with family. You played games. Okay. When I was growing up, I lived on a dairy farm, and on Sundays was our day. Dad did the morning milking. He came in, took a rest. We went to church, went and visited cousins and played with cousins for the day, or they came to our house, and we rested. Stores weren't open. Most restaurants weren't open. And I think our society has really gotten away from the idea of rest. So today, we're going to rest. All right, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, rest is obviously important, as you made a special day for us just to rest. So today, Lord, we're going to rest in your name. Amen. Thank you, Maria. Let's pray together. Father, we are here this morning to worship you, whether we're physically here in the sanctuary or listening in on the radio, Lord. We are gathered as your people to worship you this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can do this, even in snow, even in this, this terrible winter weather. Uh, we, can, we can gather as we're able to worship you. Uh, Lord, we are, we are praising you this morning for all that you have done and all that you continue to do in our lives. Um, Lord, especially today, we do ask for your protection 
Uh, for those that are, that are traveling this morning, uh, we ask that you keep them safe, and I pray that you be with, uh, help them to get safely to their destinations. We also ask, Lord, for your blessing to be on those who, who couldn't take a day off today. Uh, we pray for those that are working jobs like the highway uh, department, uh, police, uh, firemen, um, nurses, and, and doctors and hospitals, Lord. Uh, there's those that, that needed to be out today in order to, to take care of uh, those in need and to help us as a, as a society kind of recover from, from this snow. And so we ask for your protection and your blessing on them as well. Lord, we thank you for those who, who put themselves uh, out there in the service of others and ask that you would honor that this morning especially. Uh, we also pray, Lord, for those who are in need of healing, uh, like so many are. We ask for your healing to be with them and your, and your spirit to, to comfort them and give them peace. Uh, we thank you and praise you, especially for those who have, Lord, experienced healing recently, uh, who are, who are on the mend and recovering. And we, we do pause and praise you, Lord, for the many answers to prayer that you have provided. Lord, we, we often maybe neglect to do that, to pause and to thank you and praise you for the many wonderful things you've done. And so this morning we do that. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy towards us. Lord, we, uh, we lift up our prayers this morning in the name of Jesus, uh, the only name that, that has the power to save. And it's because Jesus is alive and, and is interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. Lord, we have this privilege, this honor to come before you in prayer and to lift up our concerns. And so we do that this morning in his name and according to his will. We pray this all in, Christ, in, in his name as he taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Invite the deacons who are here to that are here to help with the offering this morning to come forward. Quite appropriately, our offering this morning is for the radio fund. Uh, there are a lot of people, I'm sure, taking advantage of that blessing and that ministry this morning. As I'm here, the longer I'm here, the more I realize how important that is. And the days like today are just proof of that. And so to, this morning, our offering will support the, the radio fund. Thank you.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapters, chapter 20, verses 1 through 11. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in the heaven above or the earth beneath or the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Thanks, Maria. You may be seated. Let's pray together again. Father, we are so grateful uh, now to, to open your word together. I pray that you give us insight into what you have in store for us today. Help us to truly, Lord, look at what it means to rest, Lord, not only from our work and our, labor, our labors, but to rest in you as well. Lord, may you be glorified in all that we do and all that is said here now this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. For some of us this morning, uh, we were forced to rest, weren't we? <laughs> uh, the snow, the weather has changed our plans, and, and, and so there's many that are home now, even listening on the radio, um, who are, in a, in a sense, being forced to rest this morning. Uh, but it's interesting that we often need that reminder. We need something, something or someone to force our hand for us to take a step back and rest, because we are so busy as a culture. Uh, Lifeway Research is a very uh, popular, respected uh, Christian research uh, firm. They do a lot that ha- that has to do with life of the church and trends within the church, and they've been at it for many decades. And when they began to study trends in the church and what church life was like, uh, they had a definition for what a committed churchgoer was like. And at that time, a committed churchgoer was someone who was at church, at church functions, two to three times per week. Nowadays, when they do the same research, when they see the changes that have taken place over time, and they, they look at and they define what a committed churchgoer is, their definition now includes someone who attends church two to three times per month. Just in the few decades that they've been doing research, this, a shift has taken place between, uh, between what, a, what they define a committed churchgoer to be. Now, I'm not standing up here to say that because I expect you all to be here two to three times a week now, you know, of course. But it, that trend just goes to show the change that has taken place over that time, the change in the commitment and the change in understanding what really Sabbath rest is all about. We have, busyness is really an epidemic in our culture, and we, we brag about how busy we are, don't we? 
I remember one summer as a youth pastor, we were so busy that uh, between mission trips and summer camps and other church responsibilities, uh, that Allie and I only slept in our own bed at like, I think it was like six or seven nights in a month span because we were out at church functions or actually we had a, a friend who got married out of state. So we had to go spend several days there. And I just remember the rest of the summer just being so thrown off by the fact that we were so busy during that time. Uh, and, and even this idea that at the time it was almost like, this is strange to say, but proud at how busy we were. It's almost like, look how, look how good I am. Look how, how important things, uh, how important I am to the function of the church or important because we're staying so busy. Uh, and busyness really then is, is a problem. It, it drains us and it wears us down, <clears throat> which is why God here in the Ten Commandments gives us this instruction to keep the Sabbath, to remember it and to keep it holy. The Sabbath has mentioned more so in the Old Testament than any of the other Ten Commandments. So God must have taken this command seriously. And I think he does so because he knows that if he doesn't command us to stop, if he doesn't command us to slow down and rest, then we're not going to do it. By nature, we make ourselves too busy. We, we are so um, committed to, to everything, whether it's work or whether it's family functions or school activities, we just fill up our calendar so much that there's no room for rest. There's no room to, to pause and to reflect on all that God has done for us. There's no room to pause and just rest physically and recover from the busyness of the week. It's interesting. Of the ways that we as people schedule or, or frame our time, the week is the only, only unit of measurement that doesn't really have a natural correspondence. Never really thought about that before this week, but a day is measured by the, the rotation of the earth, right? The, the cycle of, of darkness and light, of night and day. A month is, is more or less governed by the, by the cycle of the moon, right? Is, is basically where we as a culture, as a society have gotten the idea of months by, by somewhat following the cycles of the moon. And a year, of course, is measured by the, rota- the, the, the path of the earth around the sun. One cycle around the sun is one year. But a week has no natural correspondence. There's nothing in nature that corresponds to a seven-day period. In fact, it's, uh, it's really in something that's instituted by God in creation itself. The six days of creation and then the day of rest the seven-day cycle that we follow is really of God's creation to begin with. And so it makes sense then to follow God's pattern for that uh, weekly cycle, to follow this pattern of, of one day and seven of rest. But over time, God's people have really, really abused this, and we continue to do so today as well. As, as, as I've talked about, there's, there's one way to abuse, abuse the Sabbath, and that is to not take it. Right to not slow down, to not rest, to not uh, take a time out in our weekly schedules in order to rejuvenate and recover and reflect on God's goodness. But there's another way to abuse it, and that's what we find. Uh, excuse me, and, and we find in Scripture as well as is is to not take it seriously or to just go through the motions. And we see that in in the New Testament, especially with all of the the controversies. Excuse me, the um, rules and regulations that were placed around the Sabbath, uh, and, and subsequently in Jesus's ministry, uh, they were a point of contention. One such example is from Mark chapter two, verses 23 through 28. 
It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. You see, they had created such restrictions around the Sabbath, what you could do and what you couldn't do, that, that it became more about those regulations and rules and what the purpose and meaning of Sabbath was to begin with. Sabbath was no longer a blessing or a day of rest, a time to, to pause and reflect on God's goodness. It was about keeping a certain set of rules and regulations to prevent you from possibly violating the Sabbath. There was restrictions on how many steps you could take away from the front door of your house, how much weight you were allowed to lift before it became, before it was considered work that was done. Uh, there was all sorts of rules and regulations and, and in a sense they were overprotecting themselves from breaking the commandment and in doing so they lost the heart of it. They lost the meaning of why God gave us the Sabbath to begin with. As, it says, as Jesus says here, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It was not meant to rule over us in such a way that it, that it neglected the real heart of it. In Exodus chapter 20, in the, command, in the Ten Commandments, God says to remember the Sabbath. To, and remember is not just a call to mind, but it's also to, to put in practice. When we remember the Sabbath, we're meant to not just know that it's the fourth commandment out of ten, but it's to actually practice it and actually live it out as God intended for it to be lived out. And as we see here, and, and throughout Jesus' ministry, he had other confrontations as well. He, he performed several healing miracles on the Sabbath, which the Pharisees considered work by, by healing someone. And all these things Jesus was demonstrating, the Sabbath was, was meant to be a blessing, not a restriction, and it was meant for doing good. We see Paul talk about this as well in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. In Colossians, Paul is, is going back against this idea that certain days or certain times of the year were more holy than others. Excuse me. So in Colossians chapter 2, he instructs the people, God's people, he says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. You see, in, in the Old Testament, that day was meant for, the, the Sabbath day was Saturday. That was the last day of the week. And again, it became so tied up in the rules and regulations of a specific day that the meaning was lost. When Christ came and, and, and his, through his death and his resurrection, uh, God's people began to worship on Sundays instead of Saturdays. The Lord's Day, the day of his resurrection, as a witness to that reality. And so there was a concern and, and has still cropped up throughout church history, even into the modern day, of what really is the Sabbath, right? Is it Saturday or is it Sunday? Should we as God's people continue to worship on Saturday like, like, like Jewish people have uh, continued to do? Or do we worship on Sunday like has been the tradition throughout church history? Um, there's even some churches that hold services on Saturday and Sunday. So which is the correct one to go to? Uh, the concern isn't 
Uh, now in Christ, we see that the Sabbath has been fulfilled in him. And so the concern isn't about a specific day of the week. It's not about Saturday versus Sunday, but it's about finding a day, one in seven, to find rest and to reflect on God's goodness. We as a church worship on Sunday, and that's a wonderful thing, and, and we will continue to do so, of course. Uh, but, but Sabbath, again, is not about the rules and regulations. It's not about one day versus another, but it's about the heart of it. And that heart is fulfilled in Christ. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says that all who are weary and burdened can come and take upon his yoke, for it is easy and light. You know, we can find rest for our souls in Christ uh, in ways that we never can through simple rules and regulations. And so our Sabbath then is fulfilled in Christ. And, and in doing so, it becomes a blessing, which it was intended to be in the first place. The prophet Isaiah has a lot of uh, harsh things to say about uh, God's people when it comes to their, their practices in keeping the Sabbath. Uh, but in, in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14, we get a glimpse of what Sabbath was meant to be for God's people and what it is now in Christ. It says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritances of your father, Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You see, the Sabbath was meant to be a delight. It was meant to be something that, that we could pause and rest and tr- find true rest, physical rest from our work, but also spiritual rest in the Lord. And when we either forget it or abuse it, it, we are not able to do those things. We don't find true rest in the Lord when we never stop going and never stop moving. We never find true rest in the Lord when we, when we take the, the true meaning and, and the heart of the commandment out of it and, and allow it to become just about rules and regulations. God wants us to truly, truly practice the Sabbath, and that means practicing it for what it was meant to be, not for what we've created it to be. And so I think there's three things that we can still agree on that we can still do to honor the Sabbath even today. And the first is that uh, the Sabbath is meant to be a day of worship. That's what we do, right? We gather as God's people on His on one day a week to worship Him and to to sing His praise and to thank Him for all that He's done and to hear from His Word. You know, those are all important things for us to do, and 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 we need to keep up that regular pattern and regular rhythm of worship because it helps us to keep our focus on Christ throughout those other six days as well. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, encourages us to continue meeting together as God's people. Actually, I want to begin at verse 23. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, we need to continue to, to gather as God's people to worship because it, it's an encouragement. It's a, it's a source of joy. It's a source of hope. And it's what we need to uh, continue on the rest of the week. 
it creates this regular rhythm and pattern for our lives. And, and I know uh, from my own experience, and I'm sure some of you can attest as well, that when we miss out on that, as we go about our lives and we, we miss a Sunday here, we miss a Sunday there, it kind of throws off the rest of the week, doesn't it? When we gather as God's people to hear from his word and to sing his praises, it, it gives us a boost. It gives us something to, to sustain us the rest of the week. And I'm not saying that we're all here just for our own purposes or for our own reasons. We're here to worship God. And when we do that, he meets us here in this place. And he, and he sustains us and he gives us that spiritual nourishment that we need to, to maintain that healthy relationship with him. We do so because he's our creator and our redeemer. Here in Exodus chapter 20, we see that the Sabbath day, as, as Maria helpfully pointed out during children's chat, is tied to God's creation. On six days, he worked to create the world and everything that we see. And on that seventh day, he paused to rest. It's not that God needed rest. Have you ever thought about that? It's not like God was worn out and tired from all the work he'd done and needed to pause and refresh himself. No, God could have continued on as he so chose, but he paused and rested as a sign, as a, as a symbol for us to do the same. We were created in God's image, and so we find our pattern and our rhythm of life in him and in how, what he has set out for us. And so by pausing to rest, as he does in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, he's setting that example for us to rest as well. But Sabbath is, is a, re, a reminder. So Sabbath is a reminder that God created us and sustains us, but it's also a reminder that He redeemed us. When Moses recites the Ten Commandments again in Deuteronomy chapter five, some forty years later after their wilderness wanderings, he puts it this way in Deuteronomy chapter five, verses um, twelve through fifteen. He says, "Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work." But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter, nor your male nor female servants, nor your ox, your donkey, or your animals, or any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Notice here that the, the command to rest is related now to their redemption, their salvation from Egypt. That exodus uh, out of slavery and into eventually the promised land. And so, so Sabbath is also connected to this idea that we were once in bondage to slavery. We were once, uh, as God's people were once in bondage to slavery in Egypt, we have been in bondage to sin. And so we have been redeemed and rescued and set free. And so by pausing to, to, to rest, we're remembering that God has saved us and redeemed us as well. Not as slaves from Egypt, but as slaves to sin. And so Sabbath is a time to pause and reflect on that as well. And so we need to make it a priority. We need to, to make it a priority for ourselves, for our family, for our church family, to pause one day a week to remember that he is our creator and our sustainer and our redeemer as well. And as we make it a priority, it will be easier to, to fulfill the, the command here. We need to set an example for others to follow, including our own families. 
right? We make time for the things that we value, don't we? If we value our jobs, right, we will make time to do them, to, to do what we need to do. We've, if we value our family, we will make time to spend time with them. And if we value our relationship with the Lord, we will make time to invest in that, to meet him here and, and, and to worship him. And, and not just one day a week, but in our daily lives as well. You know, we need to set an example for, for others to follow, and they will follow in our footsteps. You know, many parents have often wondered, you know, um, you know, why, why don't my children make their faith as much of a priority now that they're adults or now that they're out on their own and, and not under our control anymore? And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, and I can't, can't give clean, easy answers for that today. But I do know that if, if, if we're not setting worship as a priority in our lives, if we're not making a commitment to live out our faith each and every day and, and making that commitment to gather as God's people to worship Him, then, then our kids aren't going to make that a priority either. And so we need to set the example for them. We need to set that example of what a committed uh, uh, faith looks like. And setting aside a day to gather as God's people in worship is a critical part of that. And so we want to set a good example for our children, for our friends, for our community to follow. And so Sabbath is still meant to be a day of worship, to hear God's word, to pray together as God's people, uh, to, to sing his praises. Uh, we're able to do that by setting aside that time once a week. But God, but, but God also intended Sabbath to be a day of physical rest. We see here that God uh, commands us to rest from our work and from our labors as well. And again, Genesis 2 is the pattern for that. God rested himself. I remember when I was a kid, I hated taking naps, right? I did not want to do it. And I was an adult. I regret every time I did not take a nap as a kid. Uh, Josephine, and well, Miles hasn't quite figured it out all yet, but, but still, there's still times Josephine just doesn't want to take a nap, doesn't want to take a nap. And you can tell the days that she doesn't take a nap versus the days that do, because by the end of the day, she's struggling. Uh, she's cranky. She's not happy. Things are just falling apart. Um, in a, in a sense, Sabbath for us is like, it's like a nap. It's like a good nap that keeps us going the rest of the week. If we're just constantly on, if we're just constantly working all day, every day, if we never pause to rest, we're going to get cranky ourselves, aren't we? We're going to get worn out and burned out. We're not going to be able to sustain that level of work if we never pause and rest. Now, I'm not much of a farmer, never have been, probably never will be, uh, but I do know from that that in farming, you can't just put the same crop in the same plot of land over and over and over again, year after year after year, you know, that, that the, the, eventually the, the crop is going to pull all the nutrients and everything that's needed out of the soil. And there's going to be nothing left for, for that crop as, as you go on. Uh, that's why while there's nutrients and fertilizer and things like that, you can add, I'm sure. But, but before all those things were common, you know, people cycled the crops around their, their land. And so it'd be corn one year and beans the next and maybe just hay or maybe nothing. And in doing so, it was allowing the land to recover and recuperate those nutrients that were needed to produce a good crop. You know, in the same way, we're like that field. We need our breaks. We need our time to rest and recover and rejuvenate or we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves. Again, Sabbath establishes a pattern and rhythm 
for life. We can't be on all the time. And so we need that break. We need that rest so that we can be on those other six days. And so all this to say is go home and take a nap. <laughs> go, go home and rest. And I don't mean just figuratively speaking. I mean take a nap. It's a good thing to do every once in a while. The Sabbath isn't just about taking a nap on the couch. There's other ways to rest and rejuvenate yourself as well. But it's needed. It's necessary to keep going. And it's a matter of trust if you think about it. It's a matter of recognizing that God is God and we are not. When we choose to rest and we choose to take a break, whether that's from our work or, or taking a break to pause and worship Him, we're recognizing that we aren't God and that the world will keep spinning if we take a nap every once in a while. Right? Life will go on if we pause and rest and, and take a break from our work and from our, uh, our ordinary routine. And we see this even in the pattern of, in the way that God provided for His people in the wilderness journeys. In Exodus 16, we see God providing manna for His people. This, this bread from heaven, this was the way that God sustained His people through the years of their wilderness journey. And in the instructions, he says, go out and, and gather what you need for every day. It'll be on the ground like dew when you wake up in the morning. And go out and gather just what you need for a day. But on the sixth day, what are you supposed to do? You gather twice as much. Gather twice as much manna so that on the seventh day you could rest. And you did not need to go out and collect the, the manna. And it's interesting, on, on, on the other five days, whatever left, if you tried to gather more than you needed for one day, in the morning it would be, it would be spoiled. But on that sixth day, as they collected twice as much as they needed, that was still good, and God provided for them for that seventh day. You know, God provides for us in the same way, not manna from heaven, but, but He will provide for us as we pause and we rest from our labors, as we take a moment out of our crazy busy lives to to rest, God will honor that and provide for us in the same way. And so we're called on our Sabbath days to to worship as God's people, to rest from our physical labors in order to to truly rejuvenate ourselves. Uh, But and finally speaking, Sabbath is a reminder to rest spiritually in Christ. We're called to rest in his finished work on the cross that that there's nothing we could do to add or take away from, from Christ's work and what He's done to redeem us. And so Sabbath is a reminder that we can't save ourselves. And so we need to stop and remember what Christ has done for us. It's a time to reflect on God's goodness, uh, His forgiveness, His mercy, His grace. And we do that when we gather as God's people. Uh, we do that each week as we read from the Scriptures and as we as we sing His praises, we're reminded of, of Christ's work on the cross, His resurrection, and the fact that he has, he has given us rest for our souls. We no longer have to strive to try to please God. We no longer have to try to earn our own salvation. Sabbath is a reminder that, that God has done the work for us, and all we need to do is sit back and trust Christ in that. We receive by grace, through faith, what He's done for us. And in doing so, we are truly resting and trusting in Christ. Now, that's something we need to do more than just once a week, isn't it? That's an all-day, every-day kind of, kind of mindset. And so we need to find not only a Sabbath reminder that there's this weekly pattern to our lives, but there also needs to be a daily pattern. 
Each and every day, we need to, we need to pause and reflect on God's goodness for us. We need to, we need to take a, a, a time out from our daily schedule and daily lives to reflect on God's goodness for us. Um, and finding that Sabbath rest uh, throughout the week as well. And ultimately, Sabbath is meant to point us to the greater reality of, of the rest we will find in Christ for eternity. In Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, the author here makes a connection between the rest of Sabbath and the rest we will find in Christ for eternity. I want to read verses 1 through 11, a little bit longer section, if you would like to follow along or just hear these words. It says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have been believed enter that rest, just as God has said, so I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. You see, the rest that God has for his people isn't about just having a day off from work, ultimately. The rest is something that, that Sabbath rest points to the greater reality of the rest we will all find in Christ and his kingdom when we enter his presence. We will all rest from our labors and all of the hardship and illness and sickness and, and the consequences of sin will all be put aside and we will no longer have to struggle or, or strive against those things anymore. And we'll be able to find that complete and full rest in Christ and his presence forevermore. That's the rest that God has for his people. That's the rest that Sabbath is ultimately pointing to, is the rest we find in Christ and his kingdom. And that's something we can hold on to. Because this life isn't easy, is it? This life is hard. There's, there's unexpected twists and turns. There's, there's cancer. There's hardship. There's lost jobs. There's, there's family problems. You know, add, it, add to the list whatever, whatever's coming to mind for you. And those things are a reality in this life, and we will struggle with them, and they will wear us down. And that's why we need these, these mini Sabbaths, these weekly reminders of God's goodness and His salvation and His rest. But ultimately, those, that, that, those weekly reminders like we're doing this morning ultimately point us to that complete and full rest we'll find in Christ. When all of those things have, when all the wrongs have been made right, when all of those other struggles have been put to rest, we will be able to find complete and full rest in Christ. And that's what Sabbath ultimately points to.
And so today I want to encourage you to find rest in him, to take a break every once in a while so that we can, we can establish that, that pattern of life which reminds us that we are in need of, of the Lord. We are completely and utterly dependent on him for, for everything, including our salvation. And Sabbath is a time to pause and remember that. It says here, just one final note, it says here that we, uh, we must make every effort to enter that rest. We must strive to enter the rest. It's not that, not that we need to earn our salvation. As I've already pointed out, Christ has done that for us. But yet everything in us wants to keep going and keep trying to earn it for ourselves. Every, we, all, we want to keep striving and working harder and harder and harder and not give ourselves that pause to reflect on Christ. And so, so it, is, it is a struggle. It is hard to strive for that rest. And so, but I encourage you to do that. Be intentional. Make time in your calendars daily, weekly, uh, to, to rest in Christ, to pause, to worship together as God's people, and to find the physical rest that will keep us going the rest of the week. There's a reason God included this, and, and it's because we need to remember to trust and rely on him. Let's pray together. Father, we do need to find rest in you. Uh, we, have, we were created, Lord, to do so. We were created to, to trust you, to rely on you for our needs. And when we refuse to take a break, we're, we're saying that we don't need you. And so help us, Lord, to find rest physically and spiritually in Christ. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and in closing to our service this morning, let's sing number 350, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.
And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Go and be safe out there.